on Sunbelt fans. My name is Dominic Crescetto, the host of Sunbelt Syndicate. Thanks for following along and enjoying the season with me as we went uh, with the holiday and getting back into the work schedule. I realized that I did not do a wrap-up from last week, so we'll quickly go over that before jumping into the championship game preview. So uh, definitely jumping into it because I had a great record to end the year finally. Uh, 6-1 and one on this last week of the season. The only game I got wrong was hoping that my App State Mountaineers would, would take care of the, the Eagles down there in Statesboro. That did not happen, but man, what a game it was. I called that game in favor of App State 28-27. They vastly outscored that, and Southern ends up taking that one 51-48, but man, what a game. Multiple overtimes, uh, everything you want to be in a rivalry and the way you want to end a season with so much on the line. Uh, fortunate for me and the App State fans, it didn't happen. But, man, what a game. Um, I know a couple people who actually kept an eye on that that uh, otherwise probably wouldn't have tuned in. But with what was at stake and knowing how the Sun Belt's gone, uh, had some some viewers and uh, some people surprising me let me know that they kept an eye on that one. So, again, this is what college football is all about. This is why people care. It's exciting. It's fun. Uh, on it. Another surprising spectrum, though, uh, Coastal Carolina and James Madison. I did favor JMU in that one, and they did take care of business. I called it 31-24. James Madison ends up crushing them 47-7. to Not the way Coastal Carolina wants to come into a championship week, but I felt like early on when they realized they were going to go down, they, they probably did just kind of mail it in. Uh, they didn't get anything through the air. Uh, they do not have a quarterback on the roster unless McCall can go that can throw the ball all over the field. Uh, they're stuck with a bunch of running quarterbacks. Uh, the accuracy is not there with these backups uh, and Guest and, and Carpenter. So for their sake, hopefully McCall can come back. Uh, actually, for the conference's sake, because it's going to be a lot more fun and a whole lot more eyes on the game if McCall ends up playing. Uh, as far as the other games for the week, real quick, Georgia State at Marshall. I called this one in favor of Marshall, 24-17. Marshall ends up taking it 28-23. Good way for Marshall to end the season there. Uh, Georgia State, unfortunately, wasn't playing for very much because uh, they knew they were without a bowl no matter what happened in that one. Troy and Arkansas State. Obviously, Troy had to win this one to make sure that they were going to be the representative from the west side and then also obviously found out they were going to host the game. I called this one in favor of Troy, 27-10. Troy ends up taking it 48-19, to so a good offensive output. Again, this is that's the thing you want to see going into a championship week. Uh, it's the opposite of what Coastal has. We'll see if that plays into my decision on who I'm picking in the championship Saturday. Southern Miss at Monroe. I called this one in favor of Southern Miss, 28-20. to They end up taking it 20-10, to so not too far off on the score there. Southern Miss ends on a strong note. I would say a a really good season first off to start in the belt there and also get to a bowl game, actually. So, I mean, a great season for them in the first time in the belt. Uh, Defense really impressed me this year the most, and I think offense is probably starting to come around there. Uh, Frank Gore Jr. is obviously their heavyweight that's going to carry them where they want to go. ODU in South Alabama, obviously South Alabama, just like Troy, had to have this one have any shot at uh, winning the West and possibly hosting. They they did, they took care of business. Unfortunately for them, Troy owns the tiebreaker and will host and 
take care of business in that championship game as far as the West is concerned. But USA, I called this one in favor of them 37-10. to 10. They end up taking this one 27-20. So ODU outscoring what I thought a little bit towards the end of the season. They are going to be disappointed with how the season ended, but they are also decimated with injuries. So I think they'll come back and certainly have a better year next year. We'll see if they can pick up some players through the portal to help them out. I think South Alabama ended up being for real. A lot of people thought they were going to turn the corner and have a really good season, and guess what? They proved it. So hopefully they get a good bowl matchup, something exciting for the conference to watch, and best of luck to them as they play somebody from a different conference in that one. Louisiana at Texas State. I called this one in favor of Louisiana, 27-20. to UL has a big outscoring uh, outburst there in the last game, and they beat Texas State 41 to 13. So again, six and one for my record. Nice way to end the season. Uh, very happy with that after a couple lopsided weeks before that. So jumping into the championship game, this one's going to be on ESPN at 3:30 Eastern. This pits Troy versus Coastal Carolina being held down there at Troy Veterans Memorial Stadium. Coastal actually leads the all-time series three and two. And all three wins have come consecutively here. Uh, This is when the two would face each other when they were both in the east side of the conference. And now, obviously, with them being in the west, still the reason they're playing this season is because they're meeting in the championship game. Uh, Troy comes in scoring about 25 points a game. Coastal closer to 30 points a game. But Troy is currently the favorite at 8.5. And And I think a lot of that has to do with the uncertainty around McCall. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? I've waited as long as I can to really put this out there. There is still no clear-cut answer on whether he's going to play this game or not. If I had to put money on it, I, I, I'm not putting any on I'm, I'm not putting a dime on it. That's how uncertain I am. Uh, but his play will greatly affect how this game will go. However, um, I'm, I'm still leaning Troy overall in this one. We'll get into a little bit more specifics here in just a second. I wanted to go over a couple names for those who may just be checking out the podcast and really aren't familiar with Troy or Coastal Carolina going in. So some of the Troy players that you're going to want to know before this game Saturday, keep an eye out on quarterback Gunnar Watson. Uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again. He is not some great quarterback who's going to go to the NFL and all this, but he's serviceable. And as long as he's taking care of the ball, they're going to be able to have a good output from him on Saturday but he's just got to be careful just make smart decisions maybe just hold on to the ball a little bit longer and go ahead and just take a sack if he doesn't see anything or throw it out of bounds instead of trying to make something out of nothing and suffering uh, interception or a fumble those are the types of things you got to eliminate in championship games both running backs Kamani Vidal and DK Billingsley keep an eye on these guys these are one and two Uh, Vidal is certainly the starter but Billingsley can come on strong, and he's a little bit more of the pass-catching back out of the backfield. Uh, Vidal's not going to be catching a lot of passes out of the backfield. He's really that straight-ahead downfield runner, brings the power, and Billingsley's more of the the finesse, uh, can be a little shiftier and more successful in the open field because of his speed factor. As wide receivers go, you've got Tez Johnson and Rajay Johnson-Sanders. Tez Johnson, much smaller, much skinnier blazing speed so you let him get out in open field you're in trouble and I think that's where Coastal is going to struggle in the secondary covering him up and then when you got Johnson Sanders who's a lot bigger a lot stronger 
you've got you know, just a perfect combination of size and strength on either side of the field if they want to do that, or they'll load them up on both sides. And, you know, again, just a lot of combinations they can do with a successful running game. I think they're a little bit more well-rounded than Coastal is at this point of the season because of what Coastal's missing. I think this game would be really, really tight and really, really interesting if McCall ends up playing at full strength. But honestly, even if he plays, he's not full strength. We're going to have to see about that. Uh, as far as defensively, Carlton Marshall. I mean, this is obvious. If anyone's been paying attention to college football over the last couple of years, Carlton Marshall is one of the best defensive players, and he's one of the smaller guys, really, especially at the linebacker position. But what's so impressive about him is his football IQ. Uh, he probably isn't the strongest or the fastest out there, and it doesn't matter. He just reads the game so well. He can be anywhere he needs to be because he, he thinks ahead uh, of what the game is actually doing. He, his, his thought process is faster than the game's evolving, and that's why he's able to do uh, the things he does and make the plays he does is because he's got that strong IQ. I don't know his total background as far as coming from a football background with maybe a parent that played, but I would think he's just studied the game immensely, um, and it shows, and it's obviously paying off. So great job by him, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, he was my Defensive Player of the Year before it started, uh, which is funny because Josiah Stewart for Coastal was named Defensive Player of the Year, and I'm not sure where that guy was for most of the year. So Carlton Marshall, well-deserving of that award, and obviously getting rewarded again with uh, being in the championship game on Saturday. Uh, also keep an eye on safety Craig Slocum. Uh, he doesn't do anything real tremendous necessarily, uh, obviously with some of those secondary guys, if the ball's not coming to him, you're not noticing him as well. But I'm telling you this, when you've got an open field hit, he will deliver it and it's going to hurt. So he can bring the boomstick. That's why I'm mentioning him and ready Stewart. If you haven't been paying attention last week, two interceptions, uh, but all season long, great defensive play by him without a single pass interference call against him. So quality coverage, fair coverage, legal coverage, and still getting the job done. So those are the players to look out for on the Troy side. As far as the Coastal Carolina side, obviously, quarterback Grayson McCall. He is what makes this team run, and he is their undoubted leader by example and also their vocal leader. Um, I, he's definitely going to be on the sideline no matter what. Whether he's going to be dressed out or not is really what we We'll have to find out probably come game time Saturday. We're probably not figuring it out any faster than that. And honestly, if he's ready to go, Coastal wants that in their back pocket anyway. They don't want Troy to know that up ahead. So I don't count on knowing that answer. But because of that, there's a big shift here. Because if the other two quarterbacks go, really they're just they're just mobile quarterbacks. Uh, neither one of them is very successful throwing the ball. Uh, Carpenter hasn't been asked to throw the ball very much. Guess has been asked to throw it a lot these last two weeks. Uh, obviously, they didn't play Virginia that one week, but the last two weeks they actually have played, uh, and he hasn't had much success. In fact, he's had three interceptions in that time. Uh, McCall, for his entire college career, has like seven. Uh, so he's put up almost as many interceptions in two weeks than McCall has had in three years. So that tells you the difference there and about who's going to take care of the ball better. It's going to be McCall and the interesting thing with this, uh, one more thing to say about it, and then I'll move on, is that McCall could come into this game and play limited snaps. And why I think that is because if they think they can protect him enough and he thinks he's ready to go enough, he could come in for some passing downs 
some obvious passing downs. If you've watched the tail end of the App State game, he was banged up a little bit there in that one. That's where he got this injury. But he still stayed in the game even after being injured. So I think he may come in no matter what, even if he's not 100%, and throw some passes, uh, especially when they need it or when they need a change of pace. And then they're going to let these other two guys come in and run the ball more often than they're throwing. So could be a little tool, a little trick that they've got up their sleeve there for that. As far as running backs go, you've got C.J. Beasley and Reese White. Neither one of these guys were high, really high on the depth chart to start the year, but they've come along strong because of injuries, really put up a lot of yardage, and been very successful throughout the season. I would say Reese White's uh, probably leaned on a little bit more at this point, uh, and pretty well, well, really both of them, but I would say Reese White probably catches more passes out of the backfield to be successful in that aspect. Uh, as far as wide receivers go, you're looking at Sam Pinkney to be the clear-cut number one guy to go to. He did get banged up last week against JMU. Looked like maybe some type of shoulder injury. Did come back into the game, but wasn't a big factor. Also, very possible that they just played it safe and shut him down a little bit since that game was out of hand there pretty unquestionably there in the third quarter. So the other court, the other wide receiver to keep an eye on, Jared Brown, they will use him on jet sweeps, run him across in motion quite a bit, uh, but definitely just a very solid wide receiver as well. Uh, I think he's still really, he might even have more touchdowns right now than Pickney on the season actually. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out on Jared Brown. He's going to get some open field. He's going to take advantage. So Troy's got to be careful. Watch out for those two as far as wide receivers go. As far as defensively for Coastal Carolina, obviously linebacker J.K. Killen is really their standout there. Uh, statistically, certainly a leader there on that defense. But I'm going to have you watch nose tackle Jared Clark. 6'4", 340 pounds. He's going to be their best chance at run stopping up the middle there. If they let him control that line of scrimmage, Troy's running game is going to be in trouble. This guy is a big-time difference maker. You can't let him affect the game if you hope have any hope to win it. So they have got to take care of him, double-team him, whatever. You can't take a playoff with Jared Clark on the other side of the ball. So they have to play smart there. Offensively, Jared Clark, though, he's going to be fighting through that line every opportunity. And if he gets into the backfield, watch out, because that one's not going to feel good. Uh, as far as the secondary goes, again, I've mentioned it before, mentioned it again. I think they're a little bit weak there in the secondary. Don't think they're really strong, but I'm going to pick one player out there. Just keep an eye on cornerback Lance Boykin. He's got the name that you've, you'll hear a little bit more. Uh, so he's made some plays this season. He's certainly their strongest point of their secondary. So if you're going to look out for somebody back there, it's going to be him. And then lastly, I'll touch on the kickers. We've got two pretty good kickers. I think each one's only missed one extra point all season. And, uh, Boos for Troy has missed two field goals. Uh, and for the other side, uh, I'm going blank on the kicker's name there, uh, but Coastal's kickers only missed like four. Uh, and both these guys have only missed, one of their misses is like 50 plus each. So quality kicking on both sides shouldn't be a concern there for a championship game with weather not being a big factor. As far as overall team, jumping back into that, they had five common opponents this year. Both teams played App State, Marshall, Army, Monroe, and Southern Miss. We won't run through the scores and all those. I will mention everybody won those games except for the first one when Troy went up against App State. And honestly, being there live for that one, Troy was the better team, but 
was a little unlucky there at the end with that crazy Hail Mary. That's the only loss between any of the common opponents that they had all season. And then Coastal escapes App State as they try to make a comeback there at the end by just a touchdown. So again, not a big major spread there. A lot of these scores uh, overall might not be the exact same, but as far as being almost a one-score game or uh, 10 points for the most part, uh, it's not a lot that separates these teams. I averaged out the points for and against and then tallied that up. Your average victory for Troy was 8.2. Your average victory for Coastal Carolina was 7.6. So there you go. Common opponents, five of them throughout the year. That's pretty rare. But now you're going to see that these two teams, very little separation. But again, that's full strength, Coastal Carolina. I don't think they're going to be full strength if Bacall can't go. But I think we're going to have a great game. I'm excited for this. 3.30 Eastern Time, ESPN. Please check it out. Uh, This is going to help the conference as we continue to try and grow this thing and make this the strongest G5 conference out there. Uh, Lastly, I will leave you with my prediction, my score prediction. I'm playing it a little safe here in case McCall does go and at least throw some passes downfield. But I am going with Troy Trojans 27, Coastal Carolina 24. If you like this episode, please like, comment, subscribe. All the socials are out there. Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We've got them all. Enjoy the championship game, and we'll see you next time. Don't forget to check out basketball coverage, too, as we continue to do this throughout the year.